what I would love to see is people just being treated like people and not immediately having those assumptions and biases towards a person just by how they look, because that doesn't mean anything about who they are as a person. Free to Grow in Forestry, a podcast working to move forestry forward. Canadian Institute of Forestry and the Center for Social Intelligence proudly present the Free to Grow in Forestry podcast. The Free to Grow in Forestry initiative was launched to create a diverse and inclusive workplace culture where all Canadians feel they belong. We believe strongly that inclusive cultures not only strengthen our Canadian forest sector economy, but also create resilient and healthy communities. This podcast seeks out guests from all aspects of the forest sector, from the C-suite to every part of the underrepresented communities, to open up the dialogue on issues of concern and points of view so that everyone has greater knowledge and understanding of each other. By unearthing these discussions, we hope to stimulate greater empathy and respect for all people, opening up the forest sector to be more welcoming and accepting of everyone. For our third episode, we are pleased to be joined by our host, Kelly Cooper, founder and CEO of the Center for Social Intelligence, and our guest, Taylor Peckford, who is currently a forest technology student at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. Taylor shares their experience as a non-binary individual while also discussing the representation of different gender identities within the forest workforce and education system. This session was recorded live on May 14, 2021. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kelly Cooper, and I'm the host of the Free to Grow podcast series. And I'm here today joined with Taylor Peckford. And Taylor is a first year student in the forest technology at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. Welcome, Taylor. Good morning. How are you doing so far? Good, thanks. And thanks for being here with us. What I thought that we'd start with today is if you could just introduce yourself, perhaps give us a little background on not just where you are today, but maybe go back in time a little bit about your upbringing and where you're from and and what brought you into the forest sector. Uh, For sure. So, uh, yeah, as uh, Kelly said, I'm currently a first year um, forest technology student at Nate, and I do have a little bit of work experience in forestry, but I guess it all kind of started, um, you know, as a kid, just being that person that always wanted to be outside. And, you know, that was always just kind of what I was drawn to. Um, Kind of as I got a little bit more experience with forestry, more of an introduction to it, I you know, knew more and more that that's definitely what I wanted to go into and got me to where I'm here today. Um, And it's been really, really great. But within that, I've always really struggled with, um, you know, gender identity and fitting into the kind of stereotypical binary and is definitely influenced my experiences being in forestry that is such a kind of like masculine historically field. So, yeah. Maybe, Taylor, you can explain to us what is gender identity? Explain to our listeners what gender identity is and what it means to you. So gender identity, uh, I guess to start from kind of the basics, is um, it's separate from biological sex. So biologically, being male or female doesn't inherently change your gender identity because gender, you know, it'll kind of encompass traits that we generally will associate to the binary, but it can also be non-binary, so kind of within what I would refer to as a a gender spectrum, going from kind of more masculine to feminine. So where I fit into all of that is, um, you know, I used to try to fit into that binary, but as I've learned more about it, kind of learning that I can 
be anywhere on that spectrum that I want to be. I can express myself more masculine, more feminine, or more androgynous, depending on the circumstances. And um, it gives me and a lot of other people a lot more freedom to be who they want to be as opposed to just performing the gender that they've been assigned. So maybe you could help myself and listeners to understand better. What is it like for you in the day-to-day? How does your day look? How does it happen with your interactions? I know there's a lot of discussion uh, of the importance of pronouns being used. Perhaps you can help us understand, first of all, let us know the pronoun that's appropriate for your, when you interact with people, but also why it's also important for others to pay attention to that. So yeah, I go by um, primarily they, them pronouns, but myself being gender fluid, I am happy with pretty much any pronouns, but that definitely changes from person to person. And so it makes it really important to kind of normalize asking for someone's pronouns, especially like even if they don't kind of appear to be non-binary in any sort of way, it's really important to kind of normalize that even just like as an ally to make it a more comfortable space for uh, gender non-conforming people. So I, I can appreciate that, but I'm trying to figure it out on a day-to-day basis. So you go to class or you go to work and knowing the forest sector being its heavily masculine persona, how do you raise that up? How do you raise that discussion with your colleagues so that they're aware? And, and what would you recommend others to do to ensure that you're being addressed properly? You know, that's something that's uh, really difficult, especially in the beginning. Um, You know, I've only just recently come out as gender fluid, and so it can be really intimidating um, sometimes approaching people because, you know, you don't really know how they're going to react, if they're going to be receptive or not. So a lot of the time what I will do is, like, in my email sign-off, I will have after my name in brackets that my pronouns are they, them, or things like that. Um, Or it can just be specifically approaching people and letting them know that I do prefer they, them pronouns. But yeah, I guess on a grander scale, it's when I'm able to kind of have these conversations with people, the more I can bring up, like, again, normalizing, asking for people's pronouns, even when you could make that assumption that they are falling under the binary. It's just kind of opening that conversation for everyone so everyone feels more comfortable and it doesn't always fall specifically on the gender nonconforming person themselves because it can be really intimidating for sure. Yeah. And I mean, for a lot of folks, this is new language. This is, and me included. And so it's, it's interesting to hear that and be, be conscious of the awareness that's needed in the initial interactions with someone. And so you've just expressed yourself as gender fluid, perhaps. I mean, I, I think you gave some explanations to it before, but maybe just for the sake of, you know, cementing it in our heads. Can you explain then that you're not identifying with either male or female and or feminine, masculine? You want to be presenting as yourself. Doesn't matter what your gender is. You're going to work or you're going to school and just accept me for being a human being. Yeah, I think that sums it up very well. I uh, generally I like to be able to. I guess it's for me kind of a rejection of that binary. I don't want to be put in a box or stereotyped just because of my biological sex or anything like that. It's also just a matter of that's not me. I don't feel like, you know, I am biologically female, but I don't feel like I identify with a lot of the traits associated to the stereotypical woman. And so it's just a lot easier for me to I guess, not have that kind of script placed in front of me because I don't associate to it very well. So, Right. So essentially you're saying I'm a human being. I'm here to do a job. My sexual identity really is irrelevant here. And Mm -hmm. um, the backdrop is you're attracted to both men and women. 
right? And then, and you want to present yourself as both male and female. Is that also right? So gender identity and sexual orientation um, aren't necessarily related. Um, you know, it can be a little more common for someone who is gender nonconforming to kind of feel that that isn't as much of a priority in their kind of romantic relationship. But for the most part, they're two separate things that will sometimes correlate, if that makes okay. sense. So that that's helpful. And so maybe you can help us position it against um, transgender people. Are they within the gender fluid uh, spectrum? So transgender um, can be a lot of this terminology is kind of um, adapting as time goes on. Transgender has been used in, you know, the non-binary context as well. But um, from a more basic perspective, it is generally going from one side of the binary to the other because, for example, um, someone who is biologically female feels like they associate more so with biologically male stereotypes, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it essentially means transitioning genders to another gender, transgender. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas being non-binary is, again, just kind of rejecting that binary and falling somewhere in between and kind of not using those stereotypes as much as possible. Okay, so for people listening today and trying to understand and navigate through the all the words, I think the takeaway I'm getting is that it's about the awareness that don't assume that somebody is either male or female by just looking at them. And what we need Absolutely. is a greater yeah. yeah, greater understanding that when we interact with anybody, that we approach it with some awareness of there could be more to it than just the binary roles that we see in our in our society. Absolutely. Yeah. I think what I would love to see is people just being treated like people and not immediately having those assumptions and biases towards a person just by how they look, because that doesn't mean anything about who they are as a person. Yeah. So can you give us an experience you've had where things have not gone, let's say, the way you would like them to be? For sure. Yeah. So for the most part, in my experiences, it's been mainly the minor things, but these are the things that come up really frequently, like the language and how we talk and interact with people. It's really closely tied with the gender binary. So things like, you know, pronouns, as we've talked about, um, but also just kind of that feeling of needing to validate my own identity where people who fall under the binary don't, you know, similar to the basic like male or female gender equity um, issues, things like, you know, people will assume that I don't want to get dirty or break a nail just because I am biologically female. And that gets increasingly frustrating when it gets in the way of me being able to um, have certain work opportunities or things like that, because, you know, certain tasks will rarely be offered to me next to a male coworker. And that can get really discouraging, especially in forestry. Right. So you're looking for equal opportunity, not based on physical strength per se, but just, you know, I'm here to do a job. I'm qualified just as anyone else here. And I should not be overlooked Mm -hmm. based on how I look. Absolutely. And, you know, as more research is being done, um, it's quite interesting. There's It's been proven that there is pretty much just as much biological variation between, you know, two random female people and a random male person and a random female person. There's just as much variation in physical strengths, emotional tendencies, the height, even all of that sort of thing. So really, gender has been kind of constructed and reinforced by these social expectations really quite unnecessarily. Right. 
And I mean, we see it in the army. Women are now in the army and they do just as good a job and sometimes quite good, at very effective leaders. Um, there's really a lot of other sectors where women are trying to, uh, well, they are getting equal respect for the role that they're playing. And you're, you're basically saying you want to see that more in the forest sector. Absolutely. Yeah. So when people don't give you that um, awareness at the beginning of their conversations, they, what, how does that make you feel? It's definitely really discouraging. It's, uh, you know, I've been wanting to be in forestry um, most of my life. And so, you know, finally being here and feeling like I'm out of place is really, really hard sometimes because I've worked hard to be here and I feel like I deserve it just as much as any other person. But, you know, when you're in these situations where even if it is just those little things, it, it builds up and kind of, again, makes it feel like I have to work to belong here as opposed to just belonging. Right. So beyond the awareness that you want people to have, I guess you're suggesting, you know, people just basically need to get more educated about the possibilities of options within the forest sector now where there weren't before. Yeah, I think understanding and awareness is definitely a really key part of it. A lot of people don't really know much about gender nonconformity and it can kind of lead to people making assumptions and basing things off of past experiences and things like that. And it can quite often lead to just inaccurate information and assumptions based on how people act and everything like that. And it's just so much easier to directly talk to the person and educate yourself and really know what this is. I'm just going to say, so the onus is you're saying should be on the individual to be aware and educate themselves. But is there something for the forest sector overall to be doing? Like what we're doing here with Free to Grow is trying to create a platform for voices like yours to come forward and help educate us on why this is important and such that you can feel that you fit into the sector and feel that you you belong. You know, you're passionate about this career. This is the beginning of your career. Uh, It's a real opportunity for you to shape the conversation by being here today, which we appreciate. And so my takeaway right now is that education and awareness is key for the individual. But what about the organizations themselves? What about companies that are bringing people like yourself into their companies? What should they be doing that? What would you recommend? I think one really big thing um, is kind of very structural stuff like um, having gender neutral washrooms, for example, um, because that's something I encounter on a day-to-day basis. That's just kind of a separation where it doesn't really need to be and also improved resources for reporting gender-based discrimination and things like that and also adequate consequences for this to really enforce that this is important, it matters, and people do need to care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more, I think, awareness about ethics hotlines where people can phone in for misdemeanors, discrimination, um, events that they've seen or been a part of uh, witnessing uh, such that there is some greater protection and um, zero tolerance policies are being put in place, which I think is is helpful toward what you're, you're asking for. Absolutely. Yeah. And also just kind of working in increased awareness in general training when you're in the industry. For example, even in my program, we've got um, a professional development course and I have since contacted my um, program head to work on making a gender inclusivity module in that course, um, Mm -hmm. just so there's this baseline level of understanding going into the industry for these people that are soon going to make up the majority of it. Mm -hmm. That's good. And so if, say, for example, um, you're out in a camp, forestry camp site, and you're working out in the bush for a while, what do you want to see in place such that you'll feel 
safe, that you'll feel, you know, respected. Are there certain tips or certain things that you see? Oh yeah. If I were out in the field and I, because there's not a lot of people out there watching, right? So back to your accountability, Mm -hmm. how do you create an environment where you're going to feel safe and secure in those isolated settings? I mean, really, I, I think it's still just this idea of having, you know, better awareness and education before this point, because I really just want to be treated like any other person in the field. I don't want to have special circumstances all the time or anything like that. I just want to be a person mm-hmm. and have being, you know, gender nonconforming, just not be something so out of the ordinary, I guess. So in the courses that you're preparing with the school, can you give us any takeaway tips for people today that would be helpful to pay attention to beyond the comfort that you're trying to get through awareness and engaging with people? Are there other things that you could share with us that would make it easier for you to feel like that you belong in the forest sector? I think just generally being a, a good ally. So educating yourself so that you can educate others and step in when there is someone who is gender nonconforming that is being discriminated against in some way, because it often does fall on people in these minority groups themselves to constantly, you know, defend or validate themselves to others. And it, it definitely gets exhausting. So having allies to kind of help spread this awareness and understanding um, really makes a huge difference. It really just comes down to holding yourself and others accountable for these things. So when you say stepping in, you mean, hey, I'm, I want you to know that I support what Taylor is saying. And I think we need to give space for individuals like Taylor. They deserve respect, just like any of us ourselves need respect. Absolutely. And, um, you know, if something ever does need to be reported or anything like that, having someone there who saw what happened um, and can kind of have your back for that. It's it's definitely really helpful as well. Yes, for sure. So I, my understanding and uh, of what you're wanting us, us to understand at the end of the day here is education, awareness, onus on the individuals, not just for people like yourself, but for others in the forest sector to understand and recognizing that you're a human being and that's all that you're looking to be. You don't want to be stereotyped. You don't want to be put down for for being gender fluid and you just want to be there for work and that there needs to be accountability exactly. across the the sector for allowing for that basic baseline of, of respect because mm-hmm. it, it really is becoming more and more common in the field for people to not really identify with the binary there have been a lot of studies done that have been showing that a lot of more recent generations feel like the binary is out of date. And so it's becoming increasingly important to embrace this and treat it like the normal thing that it is. This is just how people feel and how they want to express themselves. And so it's only fair to treat them how they want to be treated. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is people are just wanting to be treated with respect. Exactly. Okay, well, before I let you go, I just have one more question. And are there any resources that you would recommend to people looking to learn more about gender nonconformity? For sure. Um, So I think one really good one is just to look into your local pride center. Um, They will often often have really good resources, not only for allies and how to be helpful just kind of in daily life, in the workplace, um, in schools, things like that, but also a lot of really good resources for members of the LGBTQ plus community themselves. And not only that, if you do get more involved with the pride center, kind of 
getting involved in the community is a really, really great way to um, improve your awareness and understanding and everything like that. And for specifically in the workplace, um, there is an organization called My Workplace Health um, that I would really, really recommend because they've got a very, a lot of very good informative videos about LGBTQ plus terminology and how to be an ally specifically in the workplace. So I would definitely recommend checking that one out. Great. Thank you. That's great. And I understand you're heading off into um, a field position starting soon. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm um, moving to Grand Prairie for the summer working on a seed orchard and I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a good time. Well, we wish you all the best and thank you so much for participating in this podcast today. It's been very educational for myself and I'm sure our listeners and uh we wish you the best for your summer and please stay engaged with the Free to Grow initiative because it's continuing to unfold and we want to be getting deeper into the regional activities and uh, reaching out to more of the organizations like the ones you've just mentioned to gain a better understanding and awareness and knowledge on the issues that the LGBTQ plus community are, are facing in the forest sector. So thank you. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to talk to you. Okay. All right. Well, take care, Taylor. We'll look forward to uh, hearing more about you in the future. For sure. Well, thank you so much. And um, looking forward to hearing from you guys again. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Gender, diversity, and inclusion are crucial to the advancement of a thriving and resilient forest sector. As we continue to grow and change, we all have a role to play in making our sector a place where everyone has the support they need to succeed and thrive. For more information on how you can take action and help make a difference, follow Free to Grow in Forestry on social media or visit us at www.freetogrowinforestry.ca. And if you have a story you think should be heard about an experience you have had or what you'd like to see happen in the Canadian forest sector workforce, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at freetogrowinforestry at cif-ifc.org. Together, we can move forestry forward.